What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Jays for Days podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. We got Jays jumpers, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morantz, Joe Johnson, Joe Raffs, of course. We've got Jays we got him for days. Josh, how are you doing? I am just upset. We are now having conversations, and Matt Norlander is reporting that Kansas is holding Bill Self out of the June-July recruiting cycle in some effort to potentially mitigate the punishment that's going to come their way because, you know, it's the summer of 2022 and it hasn't been resolved yet. Right. This is not just about me being frustrated with the, the Kansas's audacity to fight every step of this and then go, and hey, we got a national championship, so now we're going to try and mitigate right, it. But right. also the fact that the NCAA is allowing this to happen. Now, I don't know if it's going to mean anything. But it might. It might. It's just... It is unbelievable. I mean, it's not unbelievable because it's the NCAA. Mm-hmm. But the idea that there that there is a potential to somehow manipulate this and impact the ruling mm-hmm. from the FBI stuff, based on the coaches, the actions of a coaching staff or members of a coaching staff, Bill Self and an assistant, mm-hmm. in the summer of 2022, is just appalling to me. That might be on my list of your hills. Or well, no. <laughs> It just missed the list, but it did cross my mind. But I didn't really know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask, what is you're that? Just, hill I think, I think you're, the hill just might be Kansas <laughs> more than anything else. But it's also it could have gone further than that. But like, one of your hills could have been Kansas. I think that's a. I think that's a. The valid integrity guess. of a program, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps, perhaps. There's a there's a bigger umbrella, but Kansas is certainly at the center. And it's not, <laughs> I'm not it's more about just the commentary for this part of it for mm. me on the NCAA mm. and the fact that this is a thing that can happen. Sure. I don't. I mean, I'm not shocked. Kansas is doing everything they can to manipulate this mm-hmm. as they have the entire way by fighting it. Now it's in their best interest to try and make it because they got. I mean, it's just sad that college sports are in this place mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yeah. But that is not new, so I just that, that's actually I, quite old. Yeah, when I, <laughs> when I saw that yesterday, I just went, "Of course, this is where we are because right. this is how things work these days." That, and I was in in preparation for this podcast was um, stalking your Twitter feed for inspiration, <laughs> and I can't wait to see ma- what you came made up it, based on my Twitter feed. Made it all the way back to the tw- basically you talking about. Well, Auburn and Arizona get to self-impose sanctions when they aren't going to be good, so mm-hmm. they just do it. Yeah. And then Mike Boynton gets uh, gets punished more severely because he's good at his job, basically. Right. So same, same uh, yeah. energy there. Yes. But uh, in case, uh, welcome, Jays for Days podcast. Thank you for being here. Um, one more non-college basketball podcast for you this week, as you can see above my head. Let's talk first team all hill. We love talking about things that the hills that we would die on. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you want to be correct in your guesses? Like 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 what would be ideal? Because I would argue that you and I getting all five of each other's correct. So what we're gonna do is I've got five of his hills that he'll die on, and he's got five of hills that I will die on, and then we each have our own five that we've come with 
so that we at the end can share the five that we came up with for ourselves and to compare and contrast. So my question to you, because it's boring if you get all five sure, right. Sure, sure. But I also feel like I like I like to think that I know your <laughs> views as a sports observer. Yeah. And I'm going to be a little sad if I go over five. But I also think the conversation will get dry fast. If you're like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yep, 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 and yep. Yeah. I don't think I have all five of yours. Okay. I, I, my goal is more for you to agree with them that it's a valid guess. Mm, I, I think that's fair. I think that's because fair. I was really struggling to kind of put them into a specific box mm. for a while sure. of what is the actual hill mm-hmm. as opposed to just general philosophies. Sure. So, yeah, I, I hope I don't sort of nail all... I don't think I'm going to nail all five. Okay. I but think I think I that's goals. that's my goal is for you to... Like, ooh, that's a good that's one. Yeah. In that ballpark. And sure. I have... just. Fair warning, I have plenty of basketball for both of us. Okay, all right. Fantastic. <laughs> it just kind of went that way. It Perfect. wasn't intentional. I just, I, when I started I think thinking. I've got two of your five. I, I I would look at the screen, but you'd be able to see it. Um, I believe it's two of the five are basketball related. It might be three, but I think it's two. Okay, anyway, shall we begin? Let's do it. Would you like to go first? So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth with Hill's talk about them and at the end we'll give the five that we came up with for ourselves um to kind of see where we stack up but for right now we're just going to go back and forth and talk about them please where where am i dying first yeah we're gonna go with one of the less extreme ones first okay i will start with this was one of the first things that came to mind Mm -hmm. when drafting for basketball don't assume guys are going to learn how to shoot Okay. As in, yes. As in, I mean, and you've talked about this on the podcast before, but that was one of the, that, that's a rather newer one for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you seem very passionate about it. We had this conversation with Scotty Barnes. And yes. The idea of don't, if somebody's not a good shooter at the college level, don't sort of draft them based on the idea they're going to become right. a serviceable one at the NBA when it's even more difficult. I have a draft one on my Hills list. It is not that specifically, but it is close. But yes. I am very big on playmaking becomes harder in the NBA. And things that unlock playmaking are making the guy that's guarding you guard you everywhere on the floor. So that was my thing with Scotty Barnes, mm-hmm. to use your example, was, yes, he's a phenomenal, and, and, and we've documented this well. <laughs> I really like Scotty Barnes. I didn't not like Scotty Barnes. Yeah. I was just a little hesitant. Um, and But he can guard one through five. Clearly his offensive skills may or like they got even better at, in the nba than than uh, at florida state so i was wrong about scotty barnes at the nba level but the point being is that when you're a guy who the f- line number one of your offensive talents is playmaker it just puts a lot of pressure on your ability to find ways to put pressure on the entire defense outside of you being able to shoot. And that's just a really easy way to put pressure on the defense yeah. is, hey, you're going to have to worry about me knocking down a three-pointer the entire time I'm on the court. And I didn't think Scotty Barnes was that, and I still don't think Scotty Barnes is that. He's just way better at the NBA level, way faster than I thought he was going to be. And part of it for me was also a general philosophy of, because I feel like sometimes as you're projecting these players, it's a lot of, well, if they can improve as a shooter in addition to X, Y, Z, and I feel like you are very much under the don't assume somebody's going to get it's possible, 
but don't assume somebody who was not a shooter at the college level is going to become right. a shooter in the NBA. And then applying that to a, right, a situation right. of how does that impact a player who struggles to create separation, for example, mm-hmm. or right, needs to somehow open up the floor to be at their best mm-hmm. when scouting report-wise, you know you don't have to guard them closely. That makes that much more difficult. Correct. Okay. Are you ready for your first one? Yeah. Um, the general umbrella is use electronic referees correctly or mm. don't use them. And at the center of this is the idea that you're supposed to use VAR to to decide clear and conclusive and take out the objectivity of it, subjectivity, the subjectivity mm-hmm. of it, and somehow pretty much across all leagues, but the, the place that you've talked about this the most is that somehow VAR is used subjectively when the whole point of electronic referees is that it takes the emotion out of, out of an imperfect job that yeah. is refereeing. I don't have this one on my list, but the more I think about it, let's see here. It's, it's, up, it's up there probably six or seven on my list for me. Okay. And it's under even the bigger umbrella from my perspective of clear and obvious means clear and right. obvious. Right, and that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah which, is, which is what you were getting at. Mm-hmm. But this applies to the NBA and the way the NBA uses instant replay too. Right. Why does it take three minutes, or college? College basketball is a good example. Why does it take three minutes to review? By definition, if it takes that long, it's not clear and obvious. Right. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. To me, instant replay is about protecting referees when they want something back. Right? Of I missed that call. Mm-hmm. Jim Joyce wants his Armando Galarraga call back. Let's protect refs. Let's give them that opportunity. They're human. Mm-hmm. They would love the opportunity to fix it. We have the technology. Let's use it. And soccer actually is getting better at this, which is making me happy. But, yeah, just what, if you're sitting there that long, it's not clear and obvious. Mm-hmm. The, the re-adjudicating of the game based on replay and these conversations about, well, did they get the call right? Mm-hmm. That's not – if you're approaching it that way, you're starting from a bad spot, and it's only going to make it worse because that's not what this is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm also just – and you know this a very much. We said it was clear and obvious, so let's mean what we say and use clear and obvious. Mm-hmm. Or stop saying it's supposed to be clear right. and obvious when obviously a lot of this, at least at the beginning, as people are sort of trying to figure out and replays getting implemented more and more places, we weren't using clear and obvious. So stop right. saying that's what the criteria was when we're talking about drawing lines to determine whether a player's pinky or shoulder blade was offside. Right. It's not clear and obvious if you have to use that kind of inch-by-inch technology, you know, centimeter technology. Right. Yes, that is a that is an accurate one. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll stay with the other sort of evaluation one, and then my other three are very different. Okay. But Hit the me. second one, and I kind of put it together, it's basketball-based, but it also goes beyond that. Okay. Of... Take the team with the better player on the floor slash field. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Again, it's a, it's a rather basic one, but when I think of your personal tenets, mm-hmm. you will never regret picking the team with the better player. No. And if never. you're going to pick an upset, you're going to pick that upset based on the rationale of that's the guy who can be the best player on the floor and who can give you that opportunity to win the game. Mm-hmm. 
And so this goes from anything from Giannis to, you know, guard play in the NCAA tournament to mm-hmm. quarterbacking. That was the mm-hmm. other area I thought about this. Yeah, that's... That is... <laughs> like, I'm very much a... And, and I get it. There's so many people trying to analyze sports nowadays. Like, so many people mm-hmm. that were trying super hard to sound super <laughs> smart, which is fine. I'm... I'm, I'm I get it, and I am certainly in the same boat. But sometimes it's that that team has the better player. That team has the best player on the floor. And when it comes to being right, I like to be right. Um, I'm never going to. I'm never going to regret that. That's a good one. And just the idea of kind of, and I think you even put more emphasis on it in the areas where it matters the most. Quarter, right, quarterbacking and basketball. Right. Where it's, it's so determined by that one player, right. as opposed to. I mean, baseball, mm-hmm. I guess if you have the best pitcher. Mm-hmm. But for you, I feel like it's very much in the spots where having the best player matters the most. I'm putting all my chips in on the table on the mm-hmm. team with the best player. Correct. Because the team that makes the fewest mistakes typically wins the game. And the team that has the best point guard on the floor, the better guards or the better quarterback, typically is the team that makes the fewest mistakes. Just saying. Okay. Hold on, look away. You have to look away, don't look. Okay. Um, we'll go... We'll go... Okay, we'll go with that one next. Um, next on your list is change the title of the best player in the league from most valuable player to most outstanding player. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Quite quite simply. Yeah. Yeah. I, how, how much I'd be willing to sacrifice on that one... It's probably a little lower on my personal list, but that is okay. a ve- that is that is a very good one. Yeah, we talk about it as valuable, mm-hmm. and it's just not. No. Again, it goes back to the same point. Let's stop pretending like it's something it isn't. Mm-hmm. And even I was listening to Nick Wright. I don't know if you've seen this, but Nick Wright's doing his top fifty NBA players of the last fifty years. Okay, he has Michael Jordan three, Kareem two, LeBron one. Okay, the rationale being. From a statistical perspective, when you compare Kareem to Michael Jordan, he beats him everywhere, mm-hmm. including right of if you had LeBron's trips to the finals and Michael Jordan's rings. Well, that's Kareem. Mm-hmm. So, but my counter is the top fifty. So, is it best or greatest? Which mm-hmm. is not exactly what you're getting at, but we need to define our terminology. Mm-hmm. Is the the larger right. point? Yes, I, I just don't care about MVPs anymore because it's about sort of this combination of putting up stats and having team success but you can't be a good team you have to be a great team Mm -hmm. or you have to be in kind of a Jokic situation last year where all your good teammates are out right and he puts up ridiculous numbers and they're fine and that that's one where I don't really have much of an issue with it. My issue, and we kind of talked about this off the air, is the inconsistency of it. Right. Because nobody else is pointing to that kind of stuff when James Harden is winning it and when Russell Westbrook is winning it about, you know, carrying this team. So why does that then apply to this one? It's sort mm-hmm. of like this added bonus where we're going to throw the value in there. Mm-hmm. But when Giannis wins it, it's because he's the best player in the league. Mm-hmm as he was this year too, you know. Right. And of course he's incredibly valuable. It's not I'm not trying to knock Giannis's value. But there's just no rhyme or reason to kind of people just pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am very the overall define your terms is very big for mm-hmm. me. Yes. 
that's the that's the umbrella and that's yeah the, that's kind of the thing i was not struggling with. yeah exactly this is a list to struggle right. with but um right is your hill outstanding versus valuable or is it like you said is yeah. it defining terms which is i now that i think about it, the first two have both been about <laughs> defining terms so perhaps that's just maybe that's just the hill and i've got five rungs uh five uh tree limbs that that branch off from it Okay, we're going to go in a completely different direction. Are you ready? Okay. This is probably my boldest one. Okay. But I still feel pretty good about it. Okay. College football is the most overrated sport. You know, I... This is a good one. It, it's not how I would describe... Like, if you asked me to give you my biggest... My biggest take would be... Like, I, I would define it as college football is the least competitive sport that we have. Okay. Which therefore makes it Which less enjoyable. The, yes. Okay. okay. But right, my thing is that you look at the New Year's Six stuff. You look at, and every once in a while you'll have good games. But like, I and I did this once upon a time. I think it was last year, maybe several years ago, when like all three of the college football playoff championship games, uh, all three of the oh, college football yeah. games playoff games were blowouts, and yep. I went and looked and like. You know, so what? Twenty fourteen was the first year of the college football playoff. That sounds right. So let's say it's let's say it's that. You know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and twenty two. So that's nine years. Well, do we have we had we did have a twenty twenty yeah. because okay, so that's nine years, three games a year. That's twenty seven games. And at, at, and I think it was a year ago. So I think it might have been twenty four, but it was something like like. 18 of the 20 of the 24 games had been decided by at least 16 points the semifinals have been absolutely terrible right yeah. and and so that's that's more where i like my, my my biggest thing is i just don't understand why so many people like that was like, what i was trying to get and, at yeah and i guess and i guess if i went to like i we went to butler and no offense to the butler football program but nobody's going to butler to watch the butler football program no offense. It's it's a non-scholarship sport. Yeah. And as a result, it's just not very good. And they play in the Pioneer Football League. Um, so I suppose I would get it more if I went to a school that football is mm-hmm. king. Because I'm sure there are people who don't understand why people love college basketball so much when they went to, you know, and there are a lot of schools in, that are high up in the college basketball world that aren't, that are also very, very good at football. Yeah. But... I guess like that's that's what I really don't understand is like like do you really like what do you enjoy about going to every Alabama football game? Do you enjoy like the community aspect of it or do you really enjoy watching Alabama beat every single team except two every year, fifty two to seven? Like I just don't like now when Butler blows anybody out, I enjoy it. So from mm-hmm. that so I get it. But yeah, I and I'm also just not I'm not a massive college yeah just in general i didn't i didn't know exactly what angle to take with it but i was confident in the general theme mm-hmm. there and you also are from sec country this is true right and you, obviously you didn't right go to a, yeah, but in, in your own defense it's not you know and a lot of the kids you went to high school with went to sec mm-hmm. schools it's not like you're uninitiated into right what it means to be in the South where football is everything, mm-hmm. you know, yes, right. you don't have the experience of actually going to a school that prioritizes football, but that's always, and the non-competitive aspect of it. And even in addition to just the lack of competition in the actual semifinal and final games, the semis in particular, mm-hmm. 
I mean, we could probably go list every team that's made the playoff mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's got to be less than 10? Yeah, 10, 10, 12. Because you've got some one-timers. You know, right. your Florida's or, or Florida State, Oregon, Michigan State, Cincinnati. Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. But then you're talking Oklahoma, so six, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Ohio State. So maybe you're getting close to 10. Yeah. But, I mean, we Definitely need not more than... LSU. Like, yeah. So maybe it's 12 yeah, or something. But not like more that. than 15. Right. Definitely not. Yeah, I, that's... You put it better than I could because, you know, it's your hill. But, but the, <laughs> the lack of understanding why college football is has this place in college culture and society in general where mm-hmm. that's sort of the sport everybody gravitates to. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the NFL, of course, is above everything. But from a what's your second sort of sport you care about, I feel like a lot of people would say college football if you broke it from professional and college level. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're not that way. Yeah. <laughs> Ready for the next one? Yeah. Um, you're dying on the hill of not giving up on Carson Wentz. I, that's one of the ones I did have. <laughs> I was just going to put Wentz Hill. Yeah. I, and not only not giving up, but not understanding why so many people gave up. Not understanding... I, I mean, I could go for 15 minutes. You could go for 15 topic. minutes. You've heard plenty from me before. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. He tore his ACL when he was about to win MVP mm-hmm. on a team that won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was the only time until this year he had legitimate weapons. Because then he came back. Oh, by the way, got to the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. Besting Dak Prescott in the process, by the way, with practice squad dudes out there because mm-hmm. they were so banged up. Then he got hurt again. Nick Foles came in the playoff game. They were never going to win the playoff game because that was one of the worst divisions in NFL history. I mean, they weren't a good football team mm-hmm. because they didn't have any skill positions. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what happened in 2020. I can't explain it. That was just bad. I don't have justification for that. But I think a large part of it was... Basically, they just gave up on him. Mm. And whether you like it or not, and part of your argument is, I don't want my quarterback to be wired this way, but if you want Carson Wentz to succeed, you need to cater to him and you need to understand what sort of gets him going, what keeps him ticking, Mm -hmm. and how to get him in a good place mentally. And the way the Eagles treated him did none of that. Mm. It tanked him. So to me, a lot of that had to do with the Eagles and the way they were treated. Now, you can say, I don't want my quarterback to be that whatever word you want to use, volatile, emotionally unstable, fragile, fragile, whatever. I'm just telling you, there aren't many dudes with this kid. There aren't many people out there with this this guy's physical talent. Mm -hmm. So then he goes to Indianapolis, and he was good. He didn't turn the ball over. That was the big issue in 2020. Mm -hmm. Again, has no weapons. They should have made the playoffs. I can't explain why they can't win in Jacksonville, but that's not a Carson Wentz thing. That's a Colts thing. And then they just decide to give up on them. Now, okay, vaccination has probably something to do with that. I will fully acknowledge I, I that's the one thing I just will never agree with him on, which is fine. It's his choice. Mm. Now he has Terry McLaurin. This idea that he's washed up and not – now, is he worth the money that – now he is getting paid? Probably not, because the Eagles gave him that big extension. And mm. 
But do I expect to see the same Carson Wentz that nearly got the Colts to the playoffs last year? Yeah. Do I think he could be even better without an MVP candidate at the running back position from a numbers perspective? Absolutely. He's just this afterthought of, oh, Washington kind of had to take him to fill the gap and they're just going to write out his contract. And Just answer me this question. How many quarterbacks are actually better than him? Um, I mean, you can go to 15-ish pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I'll acknowledge that. I'm not saying he's a top 10 quarterback at this mm-hmm. point. My thing is, once you get past 15, how many guys would you rather have? I think most people right now, the list goes closer to 20, 25. Yeah. He consistently outperformed Dak Prescott. Now, I'm not saying he's better than Dak Prescott at this Mm -hmm. point. Dak Prescott has continued to evolve. He came back from his injury. He was really good. Mm -hmm. But he consistently got the better of Dak Prescott in that division. And people just seem to forget it. And they think, and I guess the other final thing I will say on this. (laughs) People view it as he had this one great year and completely ignore 2019 when, again, he carried a team of dudes you've never heard of to the playoffs and act like that didn't happen. Hmm. And that's, I think, the, one of the biggest issues I have is people frame it as he had this one good year and he's bad and bad the rest. Mm-hmm. He had an MVP caliber year, he had another really good year, and he had a pretty decent one in Indianapolis. He's not perfect. He makes some mistakes. He needs to simplify things. I mean, he's got the Brett Favre in him, mm-hmm. for better or worse. But there are also some things he can do that you just can't teach because he's so physically gifted. Yes, that is very much a nail, hill I will na- die on. nail on the head there. And, unless uh, there is something that comes out that changes. But based on the information, I've done a lot of reading. Based on Carson Wentz's career so far, yes, very comfortable dying on that one. Put my gravestone up at the top. <laughs> God, we'll just call it Wentz Hill. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's about the rant I was expecting. I appreciate that. You just went five minutes. I love it. All right, what's next for me? Which one do I want to save for last? I think I need to save that one for last because it's probably the most controversial. Okay. Okay. So my fourth one. Love that. The beginning of April, or April in general, is the best sports month slash period of sports on the calendar. That's correct. So starting with... Final Four National Championship Game Masters. That's correct. It's the best. It's the best seven days on the sports. Whatever. However, I didn't know exactly how you wanted to categorize it, but yes, that time period is far and away your favorite. Correct. That's seven <laughs> days. Correct. I, 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 I would elaborate if I felt like I needed to, but that sun, that Monday to Sunday. Well, I guess that Saturday to Sunday, Sunday. the yeah. beginning of the Final Four to the end of the Masters. Yeah, it's just it's. For for me, it is unmatched, right? I mean, it is. Those are my two favorite sports, and the epitome of both of them happened in the same seven days. Because I was thinking about something Masters related, mm-hmm. but then I just thought, it really because you talk about this idea of like, Jim Nance shows up at both. It's kind of Jim Nance time, and that's when right. you know it's a big deal. And so I just sort of lumped them mm-hmm. together. It's not exactly bold. I was very confident in that mm-hmm. one. But I feel like a lot of people wouldn't say that. They would say yeah. the beginning of the NCAA tournament. They would say Thanksgiving time mm-hmm. for you know football sort of being in full swing with mm-hmm. ri- the, the final week of the college mm-hmm. 
college season, NFL, all the Thanksgiving traditions, Christmas around Christmas, right? Where you've got the NBA. I'll throw in Boxing Day for soccer. You know, college basketball is starting conference yeah. play. Maybe the first Sunday of February, or is it of January to the first Sunday of February? Because you've got that would include the college football, football playoff, playoff and, and the Super and, Bowl and the, the yeah. NFL playoffs. Right. Yeah. I just and I think some people would agree, but I don't. I don't think your take is as popular as it might seem on the surface. I don't know if you agree with that or not. As someone who loves college basketball and loves golf, it just seems like every like right, right, there, right. That there are there are plenty of people who share that, but you're you're probably right. And even you know among the people that I would think, oh yeah, they probably share that. Probably don't. Just if you if you could give people a month or a two week stretch or something, mm-hmm. of you could only watch sports for that time period, knowing what the schedule was. Oh, for me, it would be March seventh to April seventh, whatever. You right. Know, whenever that that window, right. and it. I mean. And as far as I'm concerned, it's not even close because right. that because right. that encla- and captures conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament, right. and the Masters. Where I think a lot of other people would have a hard time giving up the football aspect of it. No, problem you don't with think that. twice about it. No problem yeah. with that. Not a single issue with that. That's a good one. Okay, I've got two basketball ones to finish. Oh. Um, the first one is, and this is an oldie but a goodie. Um, the the Ottawa should go to the regular season oh, conference yep. champion. I. Yes, I have that as one of mine. Yep. That, we, we've gone round and round about this one. Um, but, and, and the other one I'm about to tell you is kind of, is, is pretty much directly connected to it. Um, but this is the, the first one is that the auto bid going to the team that got hot and won three straight games yep. um, doesn't, it, it, it fails the outlaw test. It does. I would, and I'm reading Scott Drew's book right now. Scott Drew said, it's not like he's the only one saying this, but he goes, he was talking about his time at Valparaiso, his mm-hmm. one season before he went to Baylor. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, for a mid-major coach, the most important time of the season is three games. Yeah. You know, that three-day or that three day stretch when during conference tournament. Right. That's when you make or break your NCAA tournament resume. At the high-major level, it's January, February, where you build up all of these quality wins and you're... Strength of schedule starts looking really good because you're playing all of these really good teams right. night in and night out. Right. And I had never, I mean, of course I knew that and it's obvious, but I had never thought about it in that context specifically before of it is that different of a world because conference tournaments matter so much more for mid-majors. Right. And so I'm fascinated to see how that part of this evolves when we have all of these conglomerations of apparently what are going to be called conferences. That to me just aren't conferences. No, As this continues to combine, what is that part of it going to look like? Yes, I, I want the best teams in the NCAA tournament, and I am all for including every conference. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to see the seventh, eighth, ninth best team in the ACC play more basketball. <laughs> We've seen plenty of them, already. right? The problem is well, seventeen and twelve seasons, <laughs> right? Nine and nine, you know, eight and ten right in the ACC, into the ACC exactly. Syracuse, the Syracuse special, <laughs> and I've, I've said this before on here, I think, but to me, this is the reason why it took so long for a sixteen seed to win, right? Is because it was all the teams that weren't supposed to win their conference tournament that were right. playing at bad ter- bad conferences mm. to start with. Mm. If you had put the best team from all these conferences, I think we would have had a much now, relatively speaking, much more competitive 116 matchups. Right. I'm not saying 16s are going to go out and win. No. I'm saying Stephen F. Austin will beat Duke 
a Cameron mm -hmm. every decade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, know? right. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so it just makes it less fun because the 15 seeds, the 16 seeds, most of the time, aren't supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And then the final score looks like they're not supposed to be there. Because mm -hmm. there is a massive gap between your average SWAC team and your best team in the SWAC, to use an example. It matters. Right. Because most of those teams have one, two conference losses. Mm -hmm. They are consistently performing at a higher level than everybody else. And then one thing goes wrong. You lose one player. One shot doesn't... You miss a free throw. A shot doesn't go in. Something mm -hmm. bizarre happens. And there goes your season. Yeah. Yeah. Right at the... Got my grave on that hill, too. Um, the My last one is directly connected to that. Do you want me to give you that one? Sure. Um, don't use single elimination tournaments to to uh, make conclusions about who the best team was. I thought, and then and then a subsection: the NCAA tournament is not meant to have the best team standing, yes. the best team left standing. Yes, I I put that one on here. That was one of my I had as well. Okay, and this also this applies across the board to yes, we talk about it in the context of the NCAA tournament all the time. But this is I'm also big on this in soccer. Don't start making commentaries based on the MLS playoffs, mm -hmm. which are the most bizarre playoffs I think I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. There is no rhyme or reason to the things that happen. Other than, and it's so similar to the NCAA tournament in this regard, right? There are the teams that you trust year in, year out because they somehow find a way. It's the Seattle Sounders, it's the Portland Timbers, it's Villanova, Michigan. I'm now playing, you know, Gonzaga always shows up. Mm -hmm. Arkansas is now in that category. There are the teams you know you feel good about, Syracuse, although they don't ever, always do it, but mm -hmm. right there are these patterns that develop, and I am very, very big on, I'm going to bet on the patterns until proven otherwise. doesn't mean I'm always going to be right, mm -hmm. but it's similar to your philosophy about the shooting thing. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get a, you're not going to bat 100%, mm -hmm. but there's so much value to having done it before, and yes, and then you get into the subsections of this, which is... We start making commentaries on conferences mm -hmm. based on the fact that UCLA went from having their season should have ended in the final four or final first four mm -hmm. to making the final four, and all of a sudden the Pac-12 was really good. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and the other side of that, I was talking to my friend about this this weekend, that the Big Ten, because the Big Ten is always so good and has so many teams in the tournament, they all get knocked out because they're playing good teams. And we look up in the Elite Eight and there's one Big Ten team. And what's the narrative? Oh, another disappointing season for the Big Ten. Didn't show up when it mattered. Are they really the best conference? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or the second best, sometimes the Big 12. But it's not like they're going to get three teams in the Elite Eight all the time. Right. And I always love that, you know, it's the ACC or whoever that does. And two of them just aren't very good. They right. just happen to be there. Right. I, yes. I could go on and on about yeah. that one too. It's a, it's, a, it's a college basketball thing, and mm -hmm. it's a any kind of knockout tournament thing, mm. whatever the sport might be. Right. Which is where it's very different if it's baseball, if it's the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals, where you have to play, you know, twenty plus games to get to the point where you're a champion. It doesn't necessarily mean you're the best team, but it means you're a deserving champion. And to me, that's the difference. Right, because the college basketball national champion is not necessarily the best team in the country. 
and and that's fine but let's stop acting like right. that's what that's the point of the NCAA right. tournament right and we've talked about this before but right. you can't have it both ways you can't say I love the unpredictability and the the madness of yeah. the NCAA tournament I love that it's March Madness for a reason mm-hmm. and let's use this data to analyze and draw commentaries on things nope no it's one or it's the other which is also one of the things I love about soccer that we play a full regular season, and then the team with the most points is the champion because they were the best mm-hmm. team. And you play everybody home and home. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. <laughs> okay, that's all five. That's all. Okay. That, that's the five I've got. What's your last one? It's I'm, like, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm curious how you're going to react to this one. Okay. And it, it's a, kind of funny because it went back to something we were talking about a little bit before. Okay. Peyton Manning was a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Different than greatest, right? We've talked about this. We've had this conversation a Uh bazillion times of greatest is sort of legacy and encapsulation of success. Best is just sort of pure talent. Mm -hmm. You give me these two players at the top of their game, I've got to win once. This is the one I wasn't entirely sure about. If I've got to win once in the regular season, I'm taking Peyton Manning. And and if 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 I were to edit... The hill. Mm-hmm. If I were to, if I were to edit it, I would say, I would say that Peyton Manning is the greatest regular yeah, season quarterback we've ever seen. Sure. Okay. Um, and because you're right, because the, anybody who's telling you that Tom Brady is not the greatest quarterback ever is silly, and you shouldn't listen to their takes, at least when it comes to football. Um, and full disclosure, I grew up a diehard Peyton Manning fan, but. With that being said, that like and, and Tom Brady's going to end up holding pretty much every record just because of his longevity and all yep. of these things are the reasons that I'm not trying to sit right. here and say that Peyton Manning had a it was a greater quarterback had a better career or whatever you want to, but very rarely and, and, and Tom Brady's possibly the the is like top three greatest winners ever. Like period across any sport, um, but I think that in terms of what I watch, what I've watched quarterbacks do on the football field, that uh, that Peyton Manning better than Tom Brady from that perspective. Okay. You've I've, you've never in like kind of the thing with Brady is like Brady's a system quarterback. Brady had Belichick. And and there's some of that has gone away with the Bucks Super Bowl that Tom Brady in which won. he didn't play particularly well in the playoffs. Right. But <laughs> this is true, he didn't. Um, but there's no disputing how freaking talented Peyton Manning was. He just didn't have the longevity, and of course, and indisputably did not have the playoff success that that Tom Brady had. He still has two Super Bowls, but still has two Super Bowls, <laughs> which a um, lot of a lot of those. I mean, right, Breeze. Rodgers, Mahomes, mm-hmm. still trying to get to and, two. And well, I Mahomes think, will get there probably. Right. right. And I think that I also think there's a level of um unfor- like a level of, of misfortune in the fact that Peyton and Brady's careers lined up from a like mm-hmm. like if Mahomes was right, all of a sudden two Super Bowls looks much less impressive because Brady in the same stint had five. Right, um, it's the same thing with like all of the you know 
how many guys do we kind of write off in terms of the greatest athlete in their sport ever conversation because of the person they happen to be going up against during their prime, Mm -hmm. i.e. Phil and Tiger, i.e. Ryan Lochte and Michael Phelps. Ryan Lochte is like the second most decorated Olympian of all time, but Michael Phelps is the first, so it doesn't really matter, Um, at least from that conversation of the greatest swimmer ever. Because if Michael Phelps doesn't exist, Ryan Lochte is the greatest swimmer, Olympic swimmer ever. Um, but yeah, I think, and I hesitate, like, I, I, I have a hard time describing this without making it sound like that. I think Manning had the better career and is greater than Brady because I don't think that, but I also like, if you, if you asked me who, and I guess I'll answer it this way. If you asked me who, who, which skill set would you rather have? Which quarterback would you rather have if you have to go same team? If you have to in the regular season go, you know, win fourteen games, I'd I'd probably go with Peyton. And I concede that I am a Peyton Manning fan. And that's why I wanted to when I started thinking about the hills and how I wanted to approach this. I sort of was thinking about your sports foundation, mm-hmm. and I felt like I couldn't do it justice without including Peyton Manning in that. Which is something we don't talk about in this podcast because right. obviously Peyton Manning didn't play basketball. Right. But that is very central to your mm-hmm. sports fandom and the way you view sports is... Yeah, not that it's some outlandish propping up Manning mm-hmm. way beyond where he belongs, but you don't accept Peyton Manning slander. Mm-hmm. And you know we were talking about that you... We were talking about the Andrew Luck podcast that The Athletic just did. And mm-hmm. one of the things you said was, I'm just amazed at how many people on the, you know, build your all-time Colts team took Andrew Luck at $4 instead of Peyton Manning at 5 Those kind of things. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. And one that I didn't... Right, there are some that you're just... like. There are hills that you just kind of are so foundational that you don't get super fired up about them. <laughs> You've just been at the top of it forever, right? You know what I mean. Um, so that one's not on my list, but that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, I like that. Shouts to Peyton. We'll see how Arch Manning is. Arch, Arch is right. Arch is kind of in that right, and it's going to happen to anybody who's you know got the same last name or the same name as the famous guy that they're related to, but. Right, there's a lot of the same kind of Bronny James kind of thing going on. Like, Bronny James is just not that impressive of a prospect right now, but his name is Bronny James, mm-hmm. and he's his father is LeBron. So we talk about Bronny James a lot, and there are a lot of people who are, right. And Arch is a little different because, right, he's considered the best quarterback in his class. But there are also plenty of scouts who are like, if his last name was Smith instead of Manning, he wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be a four-star prospect. Anyways, um, shout out to Peyton Manning. He's my guy. Um, that's five. Okay. So we've done five now. And, and this is, this will be fun as well. So I kind of have a glimpse of what your five are yeah, because I you got three of them. Cause I got three of them. Um, but I didn't get two of them and I'm curious as to which two that would be. So to recap, um, on your list is Carson Wentz. Yes. On your list is auto bids. Go to the conference regular season champions. Yep. And don't use single elimination tournaments 
to make sweeping declarations about the season as a whole, basically. Yes. I said commentary on... They are not commentary on the season. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what are your next two? My other two. First one, don't play to make the playoffs in the NBA. Mmm. Oh, yes. The, the, the mediocrity. Yes. Yes. Don't yes, 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 for, yes, yes. That's a good one. Don't strive for mediocrity. It, and this goes into my defense of the process mm-hmm. and my defense of what the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing right now mm-hmm. and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the idea of you need to be quote-unquote competitive mm-hmm. and you make the one move to maybe get yourself into the playoffs, which now means you're playing single or double with the nation games in the play-in tournament to then have the privilege of playing the number one seed. And, of course, the team that did this for so long so well was the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. As opposed to either having a team that is ascending and you are building core pieces that you want to keep around for a title contender, not necessarily that you actually think you're going to win, mm-hmm. but something that a city is going to get behind. Mm-hmm. And the Grizzlies are a good example of this, right? That team was absolutely worth keeping, the original grit and grind team was absolutely mm-hmm. worth keeping around, even though it never, you know, never got all that close to actually winning a championship. Right. But there's a reason Zach Randolph's Jersey's now hanging in the rafters and nobody bats an eye at it. Mm-hmm. It's because they were that good, you know, right? They were a representation of Memphis and they were that good that you absolutely do everything you can to keep them around. Not every team can win a championship, mm-hmm. but that team was consistently excellent. Right. As opposed to the team that just gets the seven or eight seed. So the Chicago Bulls, for example, are ascending and building new pieces. No issue with that. Mm-hmm. The Hawks are sort of trying to do that. But then you have teams, and I think the the example now is kind of the Knicks, mm-hmm. who are just you know throwing a hundred plus million dollars at Jalen Brunson because they can. And now, oh look, Donovan Mitchell may end up getting traded, yeah. and you know Donovan Mitchell probably would have wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. You just pay Jalen Brunson a hundred plus million dollars, right? That's the kind of thing I will always, always fight against, and I will to a large degree defend Sam Hinkie even. Mm-hmm. Not entirely. It was a little too off the rails. But what the Pistons are doing now, where they finally, you know, Troy Vince has done a phenomenal job of just tear the whole thing down. Now we have pieces to build around. Right. Where if nothing else, and I this is kind of the 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 barometer I judge this by, is is your fan base excited to watch this team play? Right for a long time, you Pacers also a good example. People were excited to watch that Pacers team play. Mm-hmm. The Paul George, you know Roy, Roy Hibbert, Hibbert. Right, they were never the best team. Or even going back to Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. they were capable of getting to a conference finals, got to an NBA finals in Reggie Miller's case. And there was a point where they felt like they were the best team in basketball. Right, but not during the Paul George era, during the the Reggie Miller era. But there was absolutely an absolute incredible amount of pride in that team, and people wanted to, you know, go to Pacers games. Right. And when you're a smaller market, that is so important. People weren't going to Pistons games. Now there is legitimate buzz and excitement about the Pistons. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing Jod did to sort of get the Grizzlies from ever having to go to that point where there wasn't any excitement. They just sort of transitioned from one area to the next. Right. Got lucky with the lottery and then hit the pick. Yeah, that's. The idea of spending money for the sake of spending money and marginally improving your team. Mm. 
in the NBA is something I will never defend. Yeah. I will always go to bat for the teams that are actually trying to win a championship. Good for you, Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> one of these days you'll actually win basketball. I sure hope look. so. Um, and your last one. Oh, yes, my last one. <laughs> I just said quarterbacks are overrated. <laughs> I, okay, so I so let me tell you what I almost put on this list. I almost put on this list the best way to win a Super Bowl is to find a quarterback <laughs> that you're not paying a ton of money so that you can spend money Good everywhere else. Too. Yeah. And and I hitting on the quarterback draft picks right. so that you don't have to so that you're paying Patrick Mahomes you know four million dollars a year right and or whatever the whatever yeah. quarterbacks in the yeah. first round make I'm not going to pretend like I know rather than having to pay him fifty million dollars yeah. a year and specifically for me it is the gap between the very best quarterbacks and the last quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with is so wide. Mm. And look no further than Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford rarely made the playoffs with the Lions. Sometimes mm. they got in as a wild card. Mm-hmm. You move him to that team, he's a Super Bowl champion. Did Matthew Stafford do anything different? No. Mm. He's the same top 10, top 15 quarterback, depending on who you ask. He's always been. Mm-hmm. This idea that you need to have Brady, Rogers, Mahomes... To win a Super Bowl is preposterous. Mm-hmm. Because look at some of the, you know, like Joe Burrow rookie contract. Now, they also just aren't there as a team yet. He got, he clearly carried them. That offensive line was a mess. That they're they're working on spending the money to try and fix these issues while they can. Mm-hmm. The Rams the first time with Jared Goff. You know, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. And this goes sort of into the the Wentz thing, but. I divide quarterbacks into three categories. I mean, Brady won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, and yeah. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Right, and neither of them performed particularly well that season. No. There are quarterbacks you have to win despite of, there are quarterbacks you can win with, and there are quarterbacks you win because of. Because of, yeah. Now, there are three, four, or five quarterbacks you win because of. And yes, absolutely, you got to pay him the money. I'm not out here saying the right the the, the chief should be lowballing Patrick right, Mahomes. Right, right, right. No, this is no. not what this is about. No. no, but there are an awful lot of quarterbacks you can win with if you are good roster building, good in free agency, but you draft well, so you find some. Even if you have to pay your quarterback, say Dak Prescott level money or something, mm-hmm. you can still build a team if you do it right mm-hmm. that elevates. Or you build the team and then you have the ability to sort of plop the quarterback in, a la the Bucks. Right. Because, I'm sorry, they didn't win the Super Bowl because of Tom Brady. Go look at his... And overall, look at his performances in the Super Bowls. The only one he was great in, he, he lost. lost. Yeah. Now, he was, a, of course, a huge part of them getting there time yeah. after time. But a lot of it has to do with how good is your defense, right? I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line won that Super Bowl because the Chiefs offensive line was so bad. Mm-hmm. That had nothing to do with... That was not a commentary on Mahomes or Brady. Mm-hmm. Poor Patrick was just out there running for his life every point. You know? Right. Which is also the flip side of this. The point I would make is... Yeah, I'm, I'm the biggest believer in Patrick. I mean, I got nothing bad to say about Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Guess what? When he didn't have an offensive line, didn't matter. Right? He's just not... He, as important as quarterback is, and of course it's the most quarter, important position in sports... If you don't have the pieces around him, 
they can't win by themselves. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you might think that's true and how much people suggest it's true because, oh, you got to have quarterback, got to have quarterback, got to have quarterback. You have to have one you can win with. Right. But this idea that you need to go sort of keep searching for the one you win because of, recent Super Bowl champions will tell you differently. I like that. Signed, sealed, delivered. There's your hills. All five uh, yeah. of them up on the peak. I might be the only person out there that openly talks about quarterbacks being slightly overrated. <laughs> Which is, I mean, yeah. Again, I'm not trying to say they're just another position. And, and, and just generally speaking, and maybe this is just, like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's no single team sport that one player can win you a championship. Right. Whether that's... Right, and there are guys who carry bad teams way further than mm-hmm. they would go otherwise, i.e. LeBron. Mm-hmm. But yep. the year in Cleveland, his his championships yep. in Miami, not doing that alone. Nope. And then his year in Cleveland. The one time he actually won. It was, I mean, Kyrie was spectacular. Yep. That team Kevin was Love. deep. Kevin Love was good. Yeah. Yeah, he had two All-Stars. And that's not, a, that's not a knock on any of these guys. It's just no. the way that it is. There is no... I mean... Right, so the top three in the NBA, for example, all time, I think pretty different orders, but right, MJ, LeBron, Kareem. Yeah. Kareem had magic for a large portion. Mm-hmm. Of course, MJ had Scottie Pippen. And right, LeBron's played with, you go down the list of all-stars. Right. AD. Yeah. yeah. Every single time he's won a championship. Yeah. He was good enough to get the bad Cavs team in a bad East to the finals, and they weren't competitive. Right. Yeah, I, it's also, you know, why I won't knock Kevin Durant as much as most people for going to the Warriors. Right. How's it going all by, well, not even all by himself. How's it going with, well, <laughs> I mean, he got two All-Stars and it didn't work, right. you know? Yeah. Those are about the last two All-Stars I wanted to <laughs> attach my Yeah, it's a whole other conversation. That's a, I'd like to catch in my web. But okay, there's your five. Um, your five. My five. So first the ones that we were in the, so one that picked the best player on the floor. Or okay. on the field, or that's yep. that's number one. Um, two will go to um, the draft, uh, the NBA draft specifically. Um, so in the same ballpark, but it, it's kind of a twofold. It's one, um, don't not draft a player if all you oh, can come up with is that he's old. old. Yep, I should have thought of that. And one. on the flip side, don't draft a player if all you can if at the top of his billboard <laughs> is athletic, comma potential. Yeah, those two things they fail the out loud test for me, and and like we don't have to look very far to find examples yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason that Desmond Bain made it all the way to thirty, the only reason if you if you look at his draft profile, nobody can come up with a real reason that uh, he hasn't you know, and, and even his last year at TCU, he like became a playmaker. Like it was short arms and old. That's all that people could come up with. Yep. But like Devin Vassell is going in the lottery because Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is going what fourth? Yep. They go fourth, and I like Patrick Williams. This isn't about some of those guys that, but it it's just, I mean Andrew Nimhard just got just signed the largest <laughs> contract that a second round collegiate player has ever signed out of the draft. He's making more money than 18 through 30 in the draft this year in terms of guaranteed cash. If he was 19 instead of 23, mm-hmm. he would have gone 
maybe not in the lottery, but like middle of the first round before 20. But he didn't because he, I like if you can't come up with a with a reason other than old that the guy's not going to be very good, then I, I, we're overthinking it. I and especially teams that are like drafting late. Like imagine if the Bucks had Desmond Bain. Like any of those, especially those teams that drafted yeah. twenty to thirty, those are teams right. that like are trying to put pieces together yeah. to win titles. Especially the teams that are one secondary piece away right. from being of a course, real contender. Of course, you're not going to pick him like third. This isn't what this is about. Yeah. But like when you get to the point that you're like in the middle of the first round, or you're like in like pick twenty two, where like having a really productive seventh guy off your bench could like actually be the difference in terms of depth and and actually contending for a title. We're trying way too hard. Just pick the guy that like is good at the game, I, because who cares if he's not nineteen? You're trying to win now. Yeah. Why would you want to have to to groom the guy for four years before he can mm-hmm. win and before he's part of winning? And then Giannis is thirty one instead of twenty seven, as you can tell. I now regret what the hill should have been is don't overthink the NBA draft. Mm, that, that is what the hill should have been. It yep. encapsulates all of that. Yeah. Of, don't expect guys to be something they're not now. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't use age and athleticism as sole reasons to draft people. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was. I did. I do regret a little bit my approach to that, but it's all in the all in the ballpark. So those are that's that's two. Um, number three is, and you were kind we're kind of, but number three is that to be a true point guard, you have to make your teammates better. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Which is why Russ Westbrook, not a point guard, yep. he's a guard. Yep. Um, which is why Steph Curry, I think I've come down on, is, is a, a point, point guard. <laughs> because clearly he makes his team better. Yep. Um, but just in general, and, and, and kind of, right, the, 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 that for a true point guard is, is making your teammates better, first and foremost, and understanding how to put your teammates in the best spots to succeed. Yep. That's one for me. It's such a given. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. And my, my version of that kind of is assists don't tell you whether somebody's a true point guard or not. Correct. Yes. I cannot stand. There's oh, but he usage rate and right. making your teammates. Better. And, oh, yeah, he passed the ball because he got double teamed and his teammate was wide open in the corner mm-hmm. to, oh, this is actually facilitating offense. And look at that incredible pass he just made to get his teammate open mm-hmm. or the great decision that came two passes before that doesn't get any kind of recognition on the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. But just the reason that guy ended up open in the corner is because the rotation started right. on the other side of the court. Correct. And that player is the one that made the really good decision. And it was easy after that. Joe Johnson was really good at that and doesn't get any credit for it. Which is why Mike Conley is better than your, your point guard. guard. I thought about going for that one, which is why he's better than your point guard <laughs> for the most part. Shouts to Mike Conley. I'm kind of the the only thing I need left from that Grizzlies era is for him to end up on a team that, like, I would love for him to kind of fall into a like a backup point guard role on a team that has a chance to win a title. Because if Mike Conley is your backup point guard, you're in a pretty you're probably in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. Now we're past the Mike Conley is your starting point guard on it title contending team that I unless it's the team built around either the celtics or something that could right work. um unless the unless he's also do we talk about kevin durant and the possibility of him going to the celtics we can yeah, talk about that i'll, I'll see it i'll believe it when i see it as will i um but yes that is that is number three okay. on my list i did that one crossed my mind um, i didn't know if it was too 
simplistic. Nah. But um, it's a it's a larger it's into the larger point. So number four on my list. And it's kind of this is the wider umbrella, the more specific one is kind of in the NBA, but there are very few coaches that actually matter. Mm. And in the NBA specifically, there are about three coaches on the top end and three coaches on the bottom end, and about 25 coaches in the middle that you can interchange and it'd be the same basketball team. Which is why like, I, I get frustrated with with the coach seeming to be the guy that's outed yes. first. I always thought I should put that. that uh, I didn't cross my mind, but that could have... My grave's up there too. Because... If it's roster construction, that's the GM's fault. It's not the coach's right. fault. And there's a level of... And the NBA specifically is such a player-driven league now. Like, like Steve Nash yep. was hired in Brooklyn because Brooklyn knew that Steve Nash didn't have the pedigree. Like, like that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are kind of going to be able to do what they want. And like, they wanted Steve Nash probably for that reason. Right. And, and and more so right and then on and then sort of the the umbrella is the coaches get more of the coaches get less of a leash to get are, are given more of the responsibility for bad yep for for bad teams than I think they should my favorite will always be the fact that you know widely respected Ty Lu I think it was six games into that season mm-hmm. got fired. Nobody seems to bat an eye at it. It's not like it hurt him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it cost him a job, but what? What? When did Ty Lue become a bad coach? Right. Oh, his team left. All of a sudden, they weren't as good. Right. Huh. That will always be one that irks me. And the other one is Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. In what world is Monty Williams the problem? Where in his long coaching history, both as a head coach and as an assistant, was there any suggestion that that the solution to your problem was to fire Monty Williams? No clue. The team just wasn't very good. And the other part of this for me is also, from a GM, right, you talked about the, the roster building perspective, and especially in basketball, coaches have no say over that for the most part, you know. Mm-hmm. But... For example, something like the Nets. The idea of Steve Nash has to go because he can't get it to work? Are you seriously expecting Steve Nash to be able to make that work? He didn't decide to bring in Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Right. He didn't decide to then ship out the rest of his team when he already had Kyrie to go get James Harden. Mm-hmm. In the NBA in particular, that part irks me too because you know exactly what you're getting with these stars. The idea that it's somehow coaches are supposed to... And yes, I'm biggest advocate of leadership you'll find. I almost put that on my list. I couldn't come up with a way to put <laughs> yeah, it on there. Yeah, but, I, don't, I don't really have one either. But yeah. I was, it was somewhere in the, in the foundation of it doesn't matter what you got if you don't have leadership yeah. kind of vibe. And even coming from me, what is Steve Nash supposed to do? He's not stupid. He knows he can't run that team the way he wants to. Mm-hmm. Because those pieces were put in place without his approval or... Right, he didn't get to build this... I guess the better way to say it is he didn't get to build the team the way he wanted to. Right. Yes, that's a good one. That's my long way of saying that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. 
Um, last on my list is that it does not matter what it does not matter the headache that comes with it. It doesn't matter what needs to be done to make it work. It is right that college athletes have a chance to get paid. That NIL mm. that NIL is a thing. And is it perfect now? No. Does it need to be regulated more? Yes. But it does not matter what headache it it creates for you as a fan or some old white college basketball coach who's just tired, who's just sad that his job is harder now. It, right, this is not a perfect system. Things need to change when it comes to NIL. But at the end of the day, it is worth it for college athletes to get a chance to benefit from this multi-billion dollar industry that is college athletics. Doesn't matter what what comes of it because it, these things happen anyways. So it, it, that and it touches way more college athletes than people think mm-hmm. from a how many people benefit from this perspective. There are way more athletes, I feel like, that now and, and plenty that aren't in the public eye at you well you know to the certain extent to the extent of mm-hmm. of um to the extent of other um yeah to, to the extent of the of the the tippity top yeah. of, of college like my 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 favorite example is is jordan mccabe when was the last time you heard anything about jordan mccabe do you know where jordan mccabe is playing basketball right now did he move again or is yeah. it still unlv it is unlv okay so he is at unlv i knew he was at unlv but that's but he's a social media like star and now he can and and right Jordan McCabe not a great college basketball player no. but a guy that became you know internet famous when from when he was young and has a brand right and has a brand and can benefit from, Off the from brand, that brand yes. like any other person right. alive so yeah. that is that is my last one is that it does not matter how you feel about it, how I feel about it, the headaches that come with it. Yes, things need to be ironed out, and the NCA needs to take some leadership in figuring it out, but it is not a bad thing. I don't care what excuse you come up with. Players getting to benefit from their brand is not a bad thing. It's just, it's one of those things that to me is common sense because it, it fills the out loud test to not let the, to not treat them like normal people, right. you know? And the other part of this I'll throw in there, too, is, and now I'm completely blanking where I was going. Oh, right. So we talk about all the time about how, you know, the NCA was brought here kicking and screaming, and that's part of why this ended up being the mess that it was. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we don't do a good enough job emphasizing the fact that the NCA could have made this so much easier and that so much of the complaints people have now might have been avoided had there been proactivity instead of reactivity mm. which I know is kind of what I just said we talk about but mm. I don't think we do a deep we dive deep enough into it it's just kind of a yeah we're here because the NCA right. got you know held out as long as they possibly could have mm. but I don't think we do a good job talking about what it would have looked like maybe that's the way to put it had the NCA taken the lead on this and set up the safeguards that need to be in place and came out and said, we want to support our athletes, particularly the ones who, as the NCAA used to say, are going pro in something other than yeah. sports mm-hmm. and giving them an opportunity to, A, make 
money in a capitalist society off of their brand that has nothing to do with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And B, or at least, you know, originally, of course, now Oscar Sheeway being in Kentucky, for example, that Mm -hmm. helps. But to your Jordan McCabe point. And B, geez, where was I going with that? I just lost it. Man. Are you okay? I'm just upset now. <laughs> the Jordan McCabe brand. And, and just kind of, and, and, and the idea of just supporting athletes and saying, we want, I think this is where I was going. Mm-hmm. We want to, you know, recognize that there's a price you pay for being a college athlete. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the same kind of financial opportunities to go work a job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, all of that stuff goes into, had the NCAA said, we're going to help our athletes, we think this is a way we can do that, they should be paid, we're going to set this up so that they are the ones benefiting, this is not about us, Mm -hmm. this is about, as the NCAA claims, the student athletes. Mm -hmm. There is so much that could have been done, and I don't think we dwell on that enough. I agree. It's It's a good thing. Inherent, like, like, I don't understand how people don't like even if you're more frustrated by like it's understandable being more frustrated by how it's happening sure than being cool with the fact that it is happening but the fact that there are people who actually think it's a bad thing it, or, i i won't I, I will never be able to contemplate that yeah your, your gravestone's up there for sure <laughs> those are our hills we like hills Hills are fun to talk about. Hills are fun to debate, especially when you have a somebody who and Josh and I typically think about sports in a very, um, a, in in a very similar fashion. But but there's nothing more exciting than having to defend your hill to somebody who is not also sharing that hill, um, or just getting to talk about or just why you're so talking. passionate about right. it. Right, it's been an hour and it's just it's been an absolute blast. Um, do you have anything else on your hills? No, it's always funny, you know, hindsight 2020 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just, and I, I almost had this feeling coming in that I was fine. I was comfortable with my list, but I thought, I know there's stuff I'm missing. Right. And now I feel like I have a much better grasp of, I couldn't figure out what in the world I wanted to put on that I didn't have. <laughs> right. Now I had the ideas. Right. Right. That's typically how it goes. Yeah. That's kind of life, <laughs> isn't it? Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Hindsight is absolute 2020. Um, thank you. So much for listening to this, listening or watching to this edition of the Jays for Days podcast. We'll be back next week, I think, right? Next week. I can't think That's of a reason plan. why it wouldn't be. Um, we're getting very, very close to actual college basketball content. We're getting, you know, it's July 25th. Uh, by the time we record the next pod, it'll be, it'll be August. And I don't know, something about August feels a lot closer to the college basketball season than July. But we're moving in that direction quickly. Um, and we'll return to regularly, regularly scheduled programming next week. But um, we'll be back uh, next Monday. Please subscribe to the Jays for Days podcast. Now podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Jays for Days Pod. Check out the YouTube channel, Jays for Days Podcast, on YouTube. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Jays for Days podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. And we will see you later.